hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited today. We have Alicia here, and she is going to talk to us about Beachbody and Monet. Hi. Hello. How are you? Tired. (laughs) Yes, I know. You're such a trooper. You got up so early for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get up early anyway for work, but yeah. I only sleep good when there's something awesome that I want to do the next day. So I'm sleeping so good. Oh, perfect. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to help. (laughs) Um, So which company did you get started with first and how did you get roped in? So Beachbody was my first, it wasn't my first MLM per se, because I got like, you know, roped into like kidnapping a couple times in my, my early twenties. Um, but when I was pregnant with my daughter, who is now eight, I kept seeing um, the infomercials for Beachbody. And it was just infomercials. It was, you know, the DVDs and whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I might do that to like lose my baby weight when the time comes. Like those looked interesting. Um, and then as my pregnancy went on, I kept seeing somebody from my hometown posting about coaching. And I, you know how it goes. I didn't know that they were related. I didn't know that health coaching and making being a six figure earner went along with these DVDs. <laughs> and so um, she actually invited me once or twice while I was pregnant. And I just, even at like 25 years old, something gave me the ick, as Cece would say. <laughs> I had the ick because I was like, I'm pregnant. I can't work out. I can't diet. Like, I don't know anything about health and fitness. What? No, this doesn't make sense. Um, and then I want to say embarrassingly enough, but I mean, I still have the degree, so it's not embarrassing. I went to a community college and I got a two-year degree in nutrition. So you, were like doing, that. you were doing, you were trying to do the real thing. And that's why like, that's why I want to tell my story because I tried to do the right thing so many times. Cause like, I can't tell other people what to do if I don't know. And so I gave birth to my daughter and when she was four months old, I was watching TV and the infomercial popped up for the 21 day fix. So we had the cool little containers and I had never had to diet or exercise in my life. Like I had always maintained a very low weight, uh, just like naturally, you know, I was young. Um, so I was like, okay, this looks kind of good. I could do this. And I felt better about it because I had my, my little certificate in nutrition. So I text the girl who had asked me twice before, you know, what does this all entail? Cause I didn't want to go back to work. This is my second child. I wanted to lose baby weight, you know, that's the, that's the big one that they like to rope you in with. And, uh, I, I actually asked her to see her paychecks and she showed me, she logged into her back office and she showed me. So, uh, my now ex-husband, which is a whole, actually part of it, part of this whole story too. I, he was never okay with it. He, He didn't ever use the verbiage like MLM or pyramid scheme, but he was like, 
I, I don't like this. Like, I, this doesn't make sense to me. Why I just, something is not right. Uh, but I did it anyway, because that's what I do. I do what I want, unfortunately, most of the time. <laughs> so I signed up with her and I held my, you know, my first challenge group or whatever. And it took me like two rounds or something to lose my baby weight, which, you know, I was breastfeeding and I was 25. So, you know, the weight would have probably came off anyway. And I actually was pretty successful my first year in Beachbody. I, I made what someone would make at a minimum wage job. And I was home with my kids and I, you know, I thought I had everything figured out. Uh, but the the ick started really settling in after Summit. And so, I just have a question. Sorry. Um, so you said you felt like you were bringing home about like what you would make at a minimum wage job. Do you feel like you were working the same amount of hours that you would have been making? In a, like, do you feel like it was like? Equal? No, I worked from the moment I opened my eyes to the moment I closed my eyes. Okay. So definitely still less than a minimum wage job, but like you were taking home and so it felt like you were doing something because you have So on on paper, on paper, I was showing my husband like, no, look, no, look, no, look. But like he would be going to bed and I would be up with my glass of wine and my headphones on still working. Right. So you're going to today (laughs) and going to the team calls every single day, you know, five, six o'clock during dinner time. You know, so, so yes, I, I made good money, good money quotes, good money on paper. And that's, you know, it looked good on Facebook. It looked good to other people. Right. My second month in the business, I made a couple hundred bucks and people like, oh, she's just sitting at home on her phone and she made money, but you don't see. And it, it was so stressful. Like, yeah, you can work from sun up to sundown, but like the pressure every day, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure and having to like, when you almost have that sale or you almost have that coach and you just, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't focus on your kids. Like there's no, I feel like I'm being dramatic, but like, there's nothing else like that. No, exactly. Because it's addicting. Mm-hmm. It's very addicting and it's very like like almost like it creates like compulsion type behavior where you're so like like you do one thing and then you do the next thing and it like all like kind of trickles into each other like um like one thing sets off the next like a domino effect and like it's all dopamine hits and it's very it's it's very overwhelming and it's very consuming yeah and I was unknowingly at the time suffering from postpartum depression and I didn't I mean I guess I I knew what PPD was but I you know when you're in that arena it's like no it's your mindset read another book go work out drink more water go to more calls go to more in-person things and I I just kept trying to fix my depression by myself And I just, you know, you think like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why is everyone else so happy? Why am I not? You know, because I was making the money. I was losing the weight. I was getting all the shout outs from all the, they would like have, you know, up, up, up coaches that I've never even heard of, like DM me and tell me, you're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, this top 10 coach that I've never heard of, like noticed me. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't just notice me. My upline upline somehow had an in and was like, you need to encourage this girl. She's going to make us a lot of money. Right. Exactly. So that like swarming behavior started. So it wasn't just like the people that you were directly encountering. It was like people all the way around you, all the way through the bubble, all the way through the pyramid are coming to you and saying, wow, you're doing such a good job when in reality, you're just like a little check mark on their back office. Oh, I'm sure there was a list. I'm sure there was a list of names of people to DM that day and tell good job. 
that just, it just reminded me of something. I think my second or third month in the business, I actually spoke at a super Saturday. Wow. Well, yeah. You're so fresh too. That's exciting. So they yeah, really got you. they really got me good. Really good. And I actually went to a super Saturday when I was super brand new and I watched a girl speak about like getting off of food stamps and being able to buy groceries. And I was like bawling, you know, I have like my infant and my hormones are raging. And I was like, I want to be her. I want to be her, you know, just all these mind manipulation things that I didn't see. And I was in a very, very, very vulnerable place with my newborn baby and not wanting to go back to work and wanting to be able to support my family from home so I can stay home with my little babies. My son was three, my daughter was a newborn, you know? So, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's making all this money. I want to be just like her. And then I start making, you know, this much money and they're like, come speak in front of hundreds of people. And they just really, it's weird to think about now, but it's, it's, it's such a covert setup. It's very sneaky. And I'm, I'm a pretty smart lady, I think. And uh, they just really roped me in. But I, so I was making good money. And I will say, for the most part, I was making a majority of my money from my fitness groups, from customers, because that's what I thought we did here. You know, I didn't realize at the time that it was build a team, have your team recruit, recruit, recruit. I didn't see that right away. I thought it was a cool benefit. Like, oh, if my friends want to make money too, they can. But like, my job is to be a health and fitness coach, right? That's how this is advertised. So I'd, and it was, Beachbody was fairly not new, but newer. This is eight years ago. So there was not a lot out there as far as like fitness programs on DVD and nutrition programs, you can get delivered to your house and like protein shakes that can get delivered to your house. There just wasn't a lot of it. So when people saw me losing 40 pounds post-pregnancy and I'm a, I'm fairly easy to get along with. I make connections fairly easily. So people wanted to be around me and that really gets you in the head. Like I, I hear it a lot in other people's stories, but in other people's YouTubes that it's almost like people are paying to be your best friend. Like they just want to be in your circle so badly that they will pay to have access to you. And I found that to be even stronger when it's someone who doesn't know you personally. I still had it happen with people I knew in real life, but you know, they see this Facebook persona, this Instagram persona. And this facade of how cool you are and how popular you are and how great you're doing. And they just want to be in your circle. And majority of my customers and coaches were other postpartum moms. And I think that that's probably the most vulnerable population when it comes to all of this stuff. Because they're lonely. They want to lose some baby weight. They, they're stuck at home with no friends. No one else relates, you know, to them being at home with this newborn and they can't get out and do stuff. But here you are being all super cool on the internet. And now they can like get on a zoom call with you five days a week. You know, it just, oh, it, it gives just, me, it doesn't make any sense. And it, it's so manipulative and it's t- so time consuming. And I think that one of like holes that they really get a lot of moms in is just like, you know, I, I, I'm not a mom and I, I'm a, I choose to be childless person. Um, and, but I have friends around me who are at home, new baby life and all that stuff. And I see them going through the, this is amazing. This is so great. I love this. And then on the opposite end of like, this is torture. How do people do this? Right. Like, like the sleep deprivation and then like if they're able to or choose to pump like that's so much like such a mind bender and like all of that stuff like having a newborn in your house and also just the patriarchal standard of women 
you know, dads are stepping up and I'll give those dads credit for sure. But like the milk still comes from mom. Oh at yeah. The, end of the day. And if, <laughs> especially if you're a breastfeeding mom or a pumpkin and I did. mom, like the demand on your body alone is just something that men can't do for you. you yeah. Know? No, like it's, it's such a mind bender and it's exhausting. So finding something else outside of your nuclear family that gives you purpose is exciting because when like you become this new mom, you become also isolated, but also surrounded by people because, you know, you get all these people that are like, let me come over. Like, and all of a sudden you have all these people like, chipping at you being like I want to come over and see your baby but then at the same time they're not actually there to help you no so it's it's and that's that's I guess that's an additional factor that I hadn't really considered too is I'm so sleep deprived when all this is happening so sleep deprived and breastfeeding full-time my daughter had a tongue tie lip tie so she couldn't take a bottle couldn't take a pacifier wouldn't stay in her mouth so I'm like the only thing (laughs) that she that brings her comfort and that you know along with breastfeeding I had I had no business dieting the way that I was and I'm very lucky that I didn't lose my milk supply through all of that um yeah I guess I never really considered how much being a new mom probably played into a lot of this but I we so I started doing more and more team calls with, you know, once you start, they start seeing that you can make money, you start getting on the team calls with the upline and the upline, 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 upline. And that's where I started to realize that if you want consistent income, you have to recruit. Cause I think the average time for a customer to remain on auto ship is like three months or something. And that's just, it's expensive. Like I, I actually, I liked the shakes. I kind of wish I could still have them, but I don't want to support. I thought I'm like, can I get like some bootleg Shakeology over here or something? Um, but, I've heard that one of, uh, I think that, uh, who was it? Therapy after MLM. I'm pretty sure that she said that the Vega, one, one of the specific Vega shakes is like the exact same thing. I would love that. Cause it yeah. did. I thought it tasted good. And a lot of protein shakes do not like they just by nature do not taste very good um I I totally disagree with you I think Shakeology tastes like dirt but (laughs) um I liked the vegan chocolate to be specific yeah I think that that's the one that Vega has the like specific I definitely reach out to her I think that we talked about it in the episode I did with her which is a couple before you so okay um listen there or reach out to her. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was her that said that there is a specific one. Well, right now I just drink like the Costco ones in the, the they come in like the little carton. Cause I throw them in my backpack. I'm, I'm a nurse. So I like in the morning, I'm like snacks into my backpack and I just chug that really quick. So yeah, I love those like prepackaged shakes. Um, I get them from Aldi too. And I just like them for on the go or um, sometimes I'll just be forgetting to eat and I'm just like, I need something. That's me. Yeah. 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 I'll forget to eat and I'll like see something at work that like makes me a little nauseous. I'm like, Oh, you better go eat something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, tangent, but, um, yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with is, you know, when you actually genuinely end up liking the products and then you, you know, realize that the company is manipulating you. You're like, I, is it worth it anymore? Yeah. And I, I really liked 21 day fix and I, you know, I liked autumn as a, a trainer. Like it, I just, I truly believed that what I was doing was a good thing and these were good products and good people and everyone else could, you know, feel as good as I did, which I think was not totally honest maybe (laughs) you know I had you know people feeding ideas into my head that you know being skinny and healthy meant I was happy which were (laughs) not so much um that's so interesting to me though so I um I remember when I originally did the 21 day fix 
I thought that, like, the original one, I thought that Autumn was mean to the cast. Like, I said that. Okay, so I've met her, and that potentially is an accurate assessment. (laughs) Yeah, they had me all plugged in, man. They had me, and that's what's so interesting is, like, I was making what someone might make at a minimum wage job, which is not overly exciting. So why was I top I got an email that was like you're top one percent or something of the company you know some some crazy statistic you know of course I like screenshot it and like put it on my Facebook and I'm like I'm top one percent of the company and then even at the time it didn't occur to me to like investigate that because I'm like okay I'm making like I was making like four or five hundred dollars a week because you know you get paid you got paid weekly at the time I don't know what it is now and I lived in a small town and this is like eight years ago right so it was, it was decent money, but I'm like, if I'm in the top, whatever percent people aren't making the money that you're telling me they're making or 99% of people are making zero money, which makes me, if I even make a dollar <laughs> in the 1%, but I didn't see it like that. I just, I just saw an opportunity to put it on my Facebook Right, exactly. To potentially, oh, it makes me feel to potentially recruit people. But the thing is, is when you're in, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is such an, you do think it's an awesome opportunity because you are doing well. So you're thinking if I can act like, I didn't think I could actually do this. And if I did actually do this, then like somebody else can do this too. Like it's not, it can't just be me. Right. Yeah, so I started to build a team, and in fact, one of my downline is still in it. Um, I think everyone else is gone, but I started, you know, when you start recruiting, a lot of it is people that you've known. I did have a couple people that I met through networking that I actually am still in contact with. I still think they're lovely people, Uh, but I started to build that team, and I thought, what you just said. They can stay at home. They can get healthy. They can make money just like me. These are my friends. Like I, I would like to believe that if I truly thought it was a bad thing to get involved with, that I wouldn't recruit people that I've known since I was in preschool. I literally had people on my team that I've known since preschool. Right. No, I don't think anyone gets into these things and is like, let me screw over all of my friends and family. Like none of us are thinking that no. And that's why the people that are in don't understand what we say when we are advocating against these companies, they don't get it. They don't understand how this could be perceived as bad because they're like only seeing the good and they're only seeing what they're being told. Um, yeah, it's, it's who says it, um, Oh my gosh, I can't remember who says it, but you don't join a cult, you join a good thing. Yeah. It makes me sad sometimes when I think about it, which is why, you know, I've like written so many emails to different YouTubers of like my story and then I never send it. Because it it does, it makes me feel guilty. It really does. And I haven't ever had the opportunity and I, they probably think I'm crazy if I did but I've never had the opportunity to talk to these people and say like, I really thought this was a good thing. And if you lost money or sanity or precious time with your family, like I truly am sorry for that. I didn't know that's what we were doing. I didn't know that's what we were getting into. And when I was recruiting, it was really big to do. I think, I don't think it was Google Hangouts at the time. It was it was something where you could drop a link and people watch, come in, they can drop in and watch your story. And I had the whole slideshow with pictures of my family and my before and after. And I'd always have one of my, I guess it was like the old school way of like podcasting maybe, <laughs> but I'd have, you know, someone from my downline on and they'd talk about their experience. And that was the recruiting machine. I will tell you, like people would sign up immediately after those calls because they just they saw your transformation they saw that you you have a team that's on there also saying how great you are um and this one friend just keeps popping into my mind that I was friends with since preschool 
and she kept saying, I want to sign up. I want to sign up. And it was kind of towards the end of my first year. And I had seen that, you know, pretty much everyone who signed up with me, like we, we created friendships, they did the workouts, they, they got healthy or healthy, you know, felt better, but nobody was making any money except for me. And it kind of was starting to click for me that, I mean, I was feeling bad because I'm making money and they're not making money. And I'm like, this feels gross to me. I don't like this. And if I can do it, why aren't they able to replicate it? Like you guys said, it's, what is the word? I can't ever say it. Duplicate, duplicate, duplicatable. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But they were doing everything I was doing and it wasn't working. And that didn't feel good for me. And this one friend was like, I want to sign up with you. And I, I just kept, this isn't probably not going to sound super nice, but I just kept telling her, like, I don't think this is for you because, you know, this specific friend can, she, she makes a lot of decisions a lot of the time. And this was just another one in the mix. And I was like, I just don't think this is for you. I don't think that, that you're going to like it. Um, And I do think she truly just wanted to be in my inner circle. I really think that's what it boiled down to. And she actually signed up in the middle of the night. Wasn't even awake because I kept telling her, like, I I don't think this is what you think it is. It's not just plug and play. You don't just sign up and make money. Um, yeah, so she signed up in the middle of the night and never made a dime. And you know, this just started to click for me, more and more people who weren't making money. And uh so I went that whole year and then I went to my first summit like yeah it was probably about a year in I don't know I don't think I went to the first one because my daughter was really little but I went to summit and all of this like inner work they have you do all this you know all the books and all the speeches all the can't even remember who spoke at it I wish I could remember who spoke but in a roundabout way, they had convinced me that I had outgrown my husband because he wasn't, I, I wish that that wasn't true. <laughs> I wish that that wasn't true, but he wasn't doing personal development. He wasn't doing workouts. He wouldn't go to super Saturdays with me and he went to summit with me and he was like, this is a joke. Like what are you doing here? What are we doing here? This is weird. And instead of me listening and talking to my husband, I was basically convinced that I had, he, I had outgrown him and he wasn't going to grow. And if he chose to not grow with me, then, you know, well, we're divorced now. So, (laughs) and it's not, it's not a hundred percent to be blamed on that situation, but it definitely did not help. Um, so I, I was about a year in, went to summit. We got in a huge fight at summit and he ended up taking an Uber back to the hotel. And I walked around downtown Nashville for probably an hour, just crying, just walking the sidewalks in Nashville. And when we got home, I, there was like something still missing for me. And I really don't know what it was, but I told him I need to get a part-time job. I need to go to therapy. I need to do all these things, you know, because that's what you always have to be fixing something when you're in these, in these MLMs, because you have to have a story. And I had lost my baby weight. I had made the money. I was a stay at home mom. So I'm like, well, I need a story. What else am I going to fix about myself? And so I, I sat him down and I was like, I need to go to therapy and do this and do that. And he was like, no, no, we're just going to get divorced. So we did. Uh, so, so, so right after the summit was when like it, like that was the straw that like broke the camel's back of your marriage. Yeah. Summit was like August and I was moved out by October. Wow. But let me just caveat we get along great now he has an amazing wife my kids have an amazing stepmom we get along good now that's good I don't know if it would have happened regardless of Beachbody but it definitely was like an extra 
seeing in the way of our marriage. Yeah. Does he know that you're uh, doing this podcast today? No, but he would probably wouldn't care. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, whatever, do what you want. Uh, so I'm going through this divorce with a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I can't get up and work out every day or coach a team or host a challenge group. So I kind of just ghosted, I guess. Like I stopped check. I did tell my team, like, if you need anything, reach out to, you know, the girl who was directly above me. And I started to get a lot of backlash from people who were kind of supporting my team during that time that I needed to step up. I needed to get on calls. I needed to log in and do this. I'm like, I'm literally just trying not to unalive myself right now. And you guys want me to coach a team and my money was still coming in, right? Because my money didn't have anything to do with what I did every day. It had to do with what everyone else was doing underneath me. So with that money, I was like literally able to go rent an apartment by myself as a single mom of two who hadn't had a job in a year and a half. But I wasn't doing the things that you're supposed to do as a, as a good coach. <laughs> and <clears throat> nobody, nobody nobody reached out to me to ask if I was okay, if I needed anything, if I needed a hug or something. Nobody was concerned at all with my mental health or what was happening in my life. It was, why aren't you working? Why aren't you there for your team? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And it came to the point where even my downline was mad at me for not stepping up. And it just, it all came crashing down during that time, because these are the people who are supposed to be my, my family, right? They're supposed to be my cheerleaders. They're supposed to be, you know, the, you know, when you, you, you watch the whole, uh, opportunity calls and it's like, we're there for you. This is your new family. Like you're not, you've never had support like this in your life. We're going to be there for you. Nobody was there. I would get, when I was, actively working and not going through a divorce, I would get handwritten cards in the mail from uplines. I would get, you know, shout outs and gift cards. But when I was in the darkest point of my life ever, nothing from anybody. And so I just decided to kind of slowly walk away. I never closed my account because that's how I was paying rent for my two children. (laughs) But the money kept coming in even though I wasn't working. So there's the lack of support. It's more like alienation is what it was. It wasn't just lack of support, but the money was still staying the same and everybody hated me. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was. This is like, I, it never crossed my mind that it was like culty or, you know, whatever word you want to use until that moment when the, you know, when you turn your back on your religion or your cult, you're alienated, you're demonized. And that's exactly what I went through. And it was just icing on the cake. I mean, going through divorce sucks and it's hard no matter what your situation is. And now you have to add this, you know, group of hundreds of women who cheered you on for the last year and a half, two years, just drop you just completely drop you. You know, it's really interesting too, because they were trying to get you to divorce him anyways. And then, thank you. You know, (laughs) it it just goes to show too, that like, I feel like these people aren't very smart in the way that they handled that either. Like, (laughs) come on guys, manipulation 101, like you like see like the vulnerability like you just like became super vulnerable if they like swooped in and said we got your back we're here for you take this month we're we'll help you like I would have stayed in it's fine you would have been hooked I would have been like these people got my back when I was through my darkest times like that would have been your new story that would have been your lie and like instead of like you know, it, it just, like, is so bizarre because, like, literally, like, 
I said manipulation 101, but also good person 101. Like actually yeah. being a friend 101. Like all of these things. And and then you might be sitting there going, well, Danielle, well, then what's the difference? The difference is, is that manipulation 101 is when you are getting something out of the other person and the other person doesn't get anything in return. Uh, relationships are about give and take. We, we all get something and give something in relationships. And in manipulation, only one person is getting something. Yeah. No, I would have totally stayed if they would have said like, take a month, take two months, like we'll coach your team for you. Come back when you're ready. Like, can we bring you a meal? Can we, you know, do you need to talk on the phone? Nothing. Nobody asked me why we were getting divorced. No one asked me if I was okay. And in fact, during, before I had moved out, um, I had a housekeeper because you know, you have to have a housekeeper when you're a beach body coach so you can flex on them. So I had a, I, I had a housekeeper and how um, Hollis of you. Uh, yeah, she does my laundry. We're oh actually like, we're super good friends still to this day. Like she's amazing, but I, I should send you a picture. I got down to 107 pounds doing Beachbody. I am five foot six and Italian. So I got a strong build. <laughs> I, I mean, like you can see, uh, you could count my ribs from the front. I was so skinny. Cause I, I had done, um, whatever the 30 day cleanses or something where you're eating like boiled squash or whatever. I don't know, but I became addicted to that. Cause you have to have a story. You always have to be doing something. Right. You have to have a before and after you have to have a journey. So like, <laughs> Even to this day, I'm like, I can't even handle any kind of talk about that. Um, But I was so addicted to having a good before and after. And so during my divorce, I could not eat like that. I could not, I think I was still drinking my shakes because it was like all I could do to get any food in me during like how depressed I was. And I just remember my housekeeper coming over and I'm like laying on the hardwood floor and I never became like, can I say schmooshmide? Yeah, you can say that. So I never got to the point where I thought I would do something to myself because I had kids and I can't leave my kids. Like that's, there was still like a a, a thing that was keeping me here. Yeah. Um, my ex-husband is a very nice guy, but I'm like, no, he can, they cannot stay with him for the rest of their lives. Um, I was laying on the hardwood floor, just like imagining what it would be like to like, just not have to be here and not have to do this and not have to hurt and have pain. And she was just feeding me (laughs) string cheese on the hardwood floor because it was like the only thing I could eat. And so I was like laying on my back, just like eating this string cheese. And she, I still tell her to this day, like she probably saved my life. Like she helped me find an apartment she helped me, you know, cause at that time, even with my beach body money, I was low income. So I got daycare paid for, for my kids. I got food stamps for my kids. I got all the things. Um, so I don't know how you can be like this big baller coach when, <laughs> when you qualify for like all of state assistance, but, um, and no shame. Like I was on assistance until I just graduated nursing school two months ago. So no shame. I'm just saying, It's not that big of a flex to be in the top 1% when you still are considered low income by the government. Um, Wow. Well, hold on. Can we unpack that for a second? Like that is, that is something that we really don't talk about enough. Like the fact that you can be in the top 1%. I'm sure that there are also people in the top 1% that are not low income. Like the whole spectrum, right? But like if the potential to be in the top 1%, and you know trying to sell this lifestyle of like I have it all put together and like everything is fine and dandy when in reality like you're screaming for help right and I was so paranoid because I told you I lived in a small town Mm -hmm. I was so paranoid of going to the grocery store and pulling out my food stamp card and having people see me do that. And I'm like, what if they're, what if they want to be a coach one day? What if they want to join me? They're going to know, they're going to know. So it was like just this all encompassing anxiety and fear. 
every part of my life was touched by that, you know, having to uphold that persona of a coach that has, you know, made it. Right. I'm like, I honestly, if I was in that same situation, I probably would have went two towns over to go grocery shopping. I would like flip my card upside down and like swipe it real quick and shove it in my wallet as fast as I could. Yeah. Cause I, and I, I had, um, I don't know if they have this where you at, but there's a program here called WIC mm-hmm. and it's for new mothers and it covers you all the way till the child is five and it's not low income. It's privately funded, but they give you like baby food and juice and milk and bread and eggs, like just staples. Yeah. I would go and get my WIC food at like 11 or 12 at night oh, wow. because I didn't want anyone to see me in my small town, even though they probably wouldn't even be paying attention and wouldn't even care. But you know, I wouldn't leave the house without, you know, makeup or hair or, you know, looking a certain way because every part of my life was touched by this coaching thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, people do it now where they have this, you know, their Instagram personas and, you know, a lot of it's not real, but this is eight years ago when I feel like influencers really weren't a thing at the time. And I just had, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't realize what I was doing. I thought I was just doing my job. I thought I was just, you know, look like a happy, positive person so that people would want to be in my circle. But so I got my apartment with the help of my lovely housekeeper. Um, And then I, I was still getting my money, my paychecks weekly, but I knew it wasn't going to last too much longer because I wasn't coaching my team. So, you know, sooner or later, they're going to start realizing that I'm not working. And I I guess I assumed that they would stop working. So I got, um, I went back into the hair industry. I've been a licensed cosmetologist since I was 20 years old. And that was a whole nother thing is I had to get a job. And that's like, you know, big no-no. That makes it look like you're not making any money. So I had to spin it, you know, like, oh, I I just missed doing hair so much. So I just got this little hair job because I love doing hair. It's not because I'm broke. Right. And um, when I got back into the industry, my salon family also probably saved my life. Like those girls would let me leave 10 minutes early to go get my kids and you know, make sure I had food in my kitchen for my kids and gave me one girl gave me like a dining room table and chairs. And it just started to all kind of make sense that these people weren't supporting me. These girls at the salon didn't know me. They'd never met me until I started working there. And, you know, I'm going through a divorce. I'm 25, 26, and they just dropped everything to help me. Wow. And these, these people who I had been bending over backwards for, for a year, this just sounds so harsh, but they didn't do anything. You know, nobody came over. I lived in a very small town. Nobody came over. Nobody helped me move my stuff out. Nobody asked me why they could count my ribs from the front. <laughs> yeah. So I... I just, I actually just kind of let the the money trickle for years, honestly. Sometimes it'd be 20 bucks. Sometimes it'd be a hundred bucks, but I just left that account because I don't know how they do it now, but it used to be um, if people bought off the infomercials and they didn't have a coach, they would just funnel them in. Mm-hmm. And I had hit whatever qualifications I needed to, to be accepting those people. And so I'd still get money here and there. And I remember the rule of thumb was you're supposed to like reach out to those people. And I did that at first, you know, you get these random people you don't know. And they'd be like, hi, I'm your coach. And they'd be like, F you. I didn't ask for this. Go away. Like it never, ever, 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 not one time did it go well. Um, so I just let that money trickle down and I was still doing hair, living on my own. Um, I really loved my hair job. And then I, I moved back to my hometown 30 minutes away. Um, I don't think I never canceled my beach body account. They got me canceled. We'll get to that. And so I was doing hair 
And then I, yeah, no, I was still doing hair. I think I might've been making coffee too as a barista for a little while. And I saw this girl who I didn't know talking about Monet, 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 Monet. How do we say it? (laughs) Everybody says it different. It's so funny uh, that even the people that repped Monet can't like figure out how to say it. I think that's hilarious. Everybody says it different. Yeah. Every single person. Monat. I've heard Monat. Monet. Monate. Well, I'm going to start calling it Manwa. I like that. Manwa. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how this girl popped up on my story or whatever. She's from Florida. And she's like, oh, my hair, my hair, shampoo. And I'm like, hey, I'm a hairdresser. And I was pretty successful in network marketing before. Like, and it made sense. So I think at the time I had left that salon job and was self-employed. So I'm like paying rent for a chair and I can do whatever I want in there, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense, right? I'm just going to like sell the shampoo while I'm working. Like there's, I don't have to build a team. I don't, I don't have to do anything icky or gross. I'm just going to sell the shampoo at my salon that, I mean, does that not make sense to you? It makes sense to me. So it was like the same day I had met her, I bought like a four or $500, whatever starter pack. And I remember telling her, I was like, I need to pull the trigger on this tonight or I'm going to change my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause I knew you knew that you weren't supposed to do it. Like your, that was your gut, your cognitive dissonance was showing. But I mean, a shampoo MLM, that is unheard of. It's special, Danielle. <laughs> and so, um, and this is when Facebook lives were just kind of popping off. And I am so embarrassed by all the videos I did. I think I've deleted them all. Well, I had like a ring light and like uh, the way, oh, they're still, so, they're so sneaky. So I didn't make Facebook lives about hair. Okay, just follow along with me here because nothing I said was ever about hair. It was like the top five things you need to know in your network marketing business, the top three things you need to be doing every day to be successful. Because the idea was I roped these people in with my business expertise. And then when they're like, well, what do you do? I want to do it. And then you're like, oh, it's shampoo. Like it was so like Beachbody was never sneaky. I was never sneaky. It was do a 21 day fix, lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. Drink a shake. It was very straightforward. This was sneaky. And I got the ick way sooner with them. So I, I did like the, I built my mo neighborhood and I got like, (laughs) I got like my $1,700 bonus or something that first month or two, whatever. I don't even know. And my uplines, I can't remember how you found me, what comment you saw. It might've been, had to do with this. I can't remember either. I was trying to remember. I remember you commented on one of my posts and I was like, you need to come on the podcast. (laughs) I think it's, it's going to be my upline's husband, I think is what comment you saw. Um, She had her husband call me and woohoo me and, oh, you did it. You did it. Cause she wasn't super, um, well, she, she had anxiety as well. So do I, and he was like the cheerleader of the group. It was very, very bizarre dynamic. Like she was the coach, but he would do all the woohooing for her. Mm-hmm. So he calls me and he's like, you did it. You got your own neighborhood. Da, da, da. And I'm just like, who's this? He was so weird. And I was doing well. And then the owner of the, the salon that I was at, excuse me, the owner of the salon was like, you can't sell that stuff in here. Like you can't bring that in here. Cause it was right at the beginning of all the lawsuits of people's hair falling out. Mm -hmm. So she was like, please don't bring that in here. Like it's scaring the customers. And so I think legally she can't, she couldn't tell me what to do, but I was like, okay, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. And still during this time, I've never, I had had no treatment for my postpartum. I had no treatment for no therapy for my divorce, nothing. And so my, my depression, anxiety kept trying to sneak up on me. And so 
I'm like hustling this business, still sitting at the computer. I, oh, I wish I had the picture. I had a laptop, an iPad, and two phones in front of me. And I thought that was hilarious and cool. And I posted a picture. I'm like, oh, working mom, work from home mom. And I have like freaking 70 devices in front of me trying to sign people up. Right. And it was a, it was a big thing because the website is so tricky to navigate to place your order. They would tell you to get people's credit card numbers from them and sign them up. Yep. So it was so much work, so much work to have to navigate that and do that and make sure people trust you with their credit card number and make sure you delete it when you're done. And so it wasn't just like, oh, you want some shampoo? Here's my link. Have a good day. Right. It was what's your credit card number? What's your CVV code? What's your zip code? Like it was just so incredibly annoying. And I'd, I have no idea why people were giving me their credit card number. That's don't do that. Don't give people your credit card number over the internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. Internet safety 101, like us millennials, like really mess that up, huh? Yeah. Don't text people your credit card number. Just don't do it. Don't trust strangers on the internet with your credit card number. So I was busting my butt doing that and doing hair. And I think, I think I was still a barista at the time. Uh, And I made that, I made that fast money in the beginning. Yeah. And then the next month, my mental health just took a dump as it does. And my boyfriend at the time was like, Hey, let's go to the beach this weekend. Like just leave all your devices at home. You know, don't talk about hair. Don't talk about coffee. Like, let's just go to the beach and go to the ocean and just not even think about life. And this was like the 30th or the 31st. So that's a big no-no, right? To take off at end of month. And so I am sitting on the beach and my upline texts me and was like, hey, you need this many sales before the end of the night so I can get my Cadillac. This was the comment you left me. Yeah. And, you know, every single month is like, I'm getting my caddy. I'm getting my... She still to this day has no caddy, by the way. I check sometimes. So she, and this is years ago, this is years ago. So she's like, you need to do this. You need to do this. I need to get my Cadillac. It's all, it's all falling on you. Like I'm fully qualified. Everyone else has done their part. You're the only one who hasn't done your part. And like that, if someone told me that right now at seven o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, get out of my face. I don't care. But I was on the beach, like just trying not to cry, you know, like when you're depression, just overwhelming that the wind blowing the wrong way will make you cry. So I was like, I was like, um, I'm literally trying not to have a mental breakdown. I'm at the beach with my family for the weekend. I am not working. And she had her husband call me the cheerleader, the woohoo guy. And I'm surprised he's going to be like the next, like grant cardone or something i don't know he likes to he likes to woohoo on stage a lot so he calls me and he's like come on girl you got these let's do these let's hustle end of month like he wasn't mean to me at first it was come on you got this we'll help you and i was like no you don't understand like i'm really depressed i'm at the beach with my family trying to just relax and get my head on straight so i can be a mom and an employee and a friend, you know, all these things that are more important than shampoo. And then he, that's what he, he flipped a switch and it was, you know, I'm affecting their business. I'm affecting their income. They're not going to get caddy qualified now, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, so, I mean, I guess I'm glad it happened really early on. I think I was only in for like two or three months. But I went home and, oh, that's, I missed something. That's how I got canceled from Beachbody. When I started promoting Monet, one of my old, I know it was my old download. I know it is. I know it was you, girl. They, they sent screenshots. <laughs> they sent screenshots of me promoting Monet and to Beachbody. And then Beachbody emailed me and was like, we can see what you're doing. You're canceled. I was like, dang it. Really was counting on that 20 bucks this month. So and I, oh, I know it was her because it was a direct screenshot from my Facebook. <laughs> She's still in, by the way. 
which is a whole other issue. So I think I went home and canceled. Okay, so first I helped all of my customers cancel <laughs> because that's a whole issue. Canceling Monet is like bending your arm. It's, they don't like to let you quit. And so I was making the phone calls for my customers. And some of them would have like, if you're a VIP, you're like obligated to those three shipments or whatever. And if they, they would, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they would charge like a penalty for canceling it too early. So I called for all of my customers. I paid all of their fees or got them waived somewhere or another. I canceled everybody. Cause I was like, this company is a shit show and they're going to make it hell for you to quit. And um, also I forgot to mention half my hair fell out on one side. I had like hair this short on one side, but they told me it wasn't from, it wasn't from their shampoo. It's something I must've done. Right. Cause I'm a hairstylist. I must've put some color on my head or something. Right. Yeah. You totally must've just done something wrong. You must've just stuck half of your head in bleach. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. That Luckily I had like sense. a really short bob at the time. So I just kind of like tucked it. <laughs> But so I canceled everybody and then I canceled my account and uh, blocked them. <laughs> but I still kind of, I still uh, peek every now and then. And they're, I feel like this, most people are doing this now, but they position themselves as like a business coach. It's not like I sell shampoo. It's like, let me help you build a business. So that's kind of the front that I see happening. It's like, the, I don't know, there's probably sneakier ones than Monet, but they they're pretty sneaky. So my my upline's upline, I still follow her. And it's and it's funny to watch these YouTubes of like the downfall of Monet and then eat like in in like what's the word I'm looking for? Synchronicity. And sync, I don't know. But as I watch those YouTube videos of all the things that are happening, all the crumbling that's happening with Monet, and I watch her scrambling si- simultaneously, if that's the word simultaneously on her stories I see her like scrambling and they're just like I'm like oh I know what this means I know what's happening but (laughs) that's it must be really interesting to like watch that yeah and but then I see a lot of um the people who are making like the big 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 money like five six figures a month they're all investing in real estate they're all starting other businesses Right. They're like, oh, you need multiple streams of income. I'm like, no, you're getting ready for the end because you know this is not going to last forever. Or you're yeah. just going to jump on the next one. You're going to buy some yellow strips or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with that. I mean, that is that is just straight up pyramid scheme right now. So, Oh, that's a full-on Ponzi over there. Yeah. But yeah, I... I will never do, I will never do MLM again. And I'm really glad this last one was the short-lived one. And I am still horribly embarrassed for my Facebook live videos that I made about being a business guru when I have zero idea. It's interesting though, because like you were a legit business owner. Words were just really hard to say right now. Um, Like you had your own booth, like booth renters are legit business owners and you were doing it for realsies. And I could have totally, I could have totally made videos for that, you know, and I could have actually, I could have peddled my shampoo that way, probably easier, like talking to other stylists about booth renting and then just been like, oh yeah. And also I have Monet products behind me, you know? Right. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Could have built a neighborhood. The art of the subtle sale. Yeah. And that's, that's where it it just really, it got gross fast with that one. But once that girl's husband yelled at me and then uh, actually the way that I got turned on to anti MLM content, can I say other content creators names? Sure. So I think it was a CC Suarez video and she was playing clips of like really terrible uplines. And like the second or third one was my old upline. Her face is blurred because she's not as popular. And I was like, that's my upline. That's the girl who yelled at me. And it was like so validating that someone else was like, this girl's awful. I'm sure she's sweet in real life, but you know. And then she, I think Cece, 
think it was it's CC or Hannah Alonzo. Someone posted one the other day, and my my upline's upline. She her face was showing because she's like a, a bigger creator, more public figure, and it's just like so validating to see. Like like I watch all of the videos, all of the content creators, all of the videos. But when I see the people who impacted my life directly and someone else is like, what they're doing is gross and scammy. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Like, it's such a weird, like people who haven't been in MLMs or had that experience don't understand how impactful that is and how these people's behavior, good, bad, otherwise impacts your life so much. And I think that the other thing is too, is it's so easy to go, not mine, not mine, not my MLM. And then when you finally see the person that's been really manipulating your entire life for however long up there in one of those YouTube videos, it's like, oh, it's real. It is mine. It makes it real. The glass shatters. Well, because Monet was so new at the time. So like, you know, I would get the like beach bodies, pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme. But initially people weren't saying that about Monet because it's just shampoo. Right. And so I thought this is different. This isn't the same thing. But I think the, the fake applause with Monet came in so much quicker and so much harder. Beach body was like a slow boil. Like, oh, good job. Good job. Oh, you're doing it. And Monet was like immediate, like, you're the best. You got your neighborhood. You got your bonus. You're killing it. Oh, that's her husband would send me voice memos too. Like, you're killing it. You're killing it. And I'm like, this is a weird setup. I'm uncomfortable. That is so interesting. The like uh, relationship duos of MLM are so interesting to me. Um, In Plexus, uh, there was this couple who were hilarious they would make the funniest videos together and they were like at the top and all that stuff and I thought that they were so cool and I was like I need to get myself a plexus husband and uh that will be what makes me successful because I can do all of these funny videos and be hilarious because I think I'm funny um yeah no that never happened so you could be funny all by yourself girl Oh, thank you. You don't need nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my ex husband never would get involved with any of that. Yeah. He, there actually just to circle back, there was a time where so it was a very small town, and he was fire department. So all of our friends are fire department, and one of the firefighters' wives wanted to do Beachbody, blah blah blah, twenty one day fix, and she bought it. Never started it. You know, very common very, very common. Just because you buy a DVD doesn't mean you're going to pop it in and, and do it. So she bought it, bought Shakeology, you know, spent what, 150, 200 bucks and never did it. And her husband ripped my husband a new one and was like, your wife stole money from us and da, da, da. like very much an action. But wow. I was like, well, this is awkward because now we all have to go to like the firefighting banquet at the end of the year. That is so uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't force her. She actually came to me. I didn't even ask. I never did like a, hey, do you want to lose weight? Like I never, I, even through all of that, I've never been a cold messenger ever. Wow. I always I, did that. I don't want to like give anyone ideas, but I'm so curious how you were able to get so high up in Beachbody without cold messaging. It was the the Google Hangouts at the time were oh. new. Those the slideshows and the voiceovers and and then I would um somehow I would like download them as I was doing them and then they'd go straight into YouTube so like if someone was like hey what is this you're doing instead of me being like oh hey girl like sending weird voice memos I would just send them the the video of the transformation and all the success stories and it was it was pretty easy and now all of that, all of the shininess has worn off. So it's harder. Everyone has yeah. to find new tricks. I haven't seen very many new tricks lately, though. Yeah. Running the out of. They're old. Well, they're stale. <laughs> well, now that social media is kind of catching on to scams and 
like peddling your BS on the internet. They're cracking down on different ways to, and people are just becoming more aware too, I think. Right. That the way you make money is by recruiting other people. And I don't, I think people are more familiar with like what a Ponzi scheme is, what a pyramid scheme is. They know, they realize that the reason the shampoo is $65 is because everyone else has to get paid. Right. You know? Right. It's I, so expensive. I don't think I've ever sold a professional product in my life that costs $65. No. And I wouldn't sell people product in my salon unless they needed it. You know? It was never like, oh, you have to use this or your hair is going to be trash. It was like, oh, your hair's a little dry. I have some stuff over here if you want it. If you right. don't, that's cool. And you know what I use now? Costco. Costco shampoo and conditioner. Okay. <laughs> Got that bulk buy. Love it. Love that for you. All right. <sighs> a lot of embarrassing stuff. Yeah. I think that uh, we can all relate for sure. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to your story before I ask you my final question? No, I think I'm I'm just glad to get that off my chest. I'm so glad too. I'm so glad that you were able to make time for me and uh, come on and uh, share your story because it's so important. Um, All right. So what is your anti-MLM why? Does not have to make you cry. My anti-MLM why? Like, why am I anti-MLM? Yeah. Because I think that operating a business as an MLM concept is theft. (laughs) It's lying. It's dishonest. It's stealing. It's manipulative. It's so manipulative. Dishonest. Did I say dishonest? I did. Yeah, I agree with you. No more sneaky, sneaky business. Um, so yucky. So yucky. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that everyone, you know, if you like this episode, don't forget to like, comment, share, rate the podcast, write nice things. Um, please remember when you leave your comments that I am a human that works a lot and I do this for free. So, um, please don't be mean. And, um, if you like this episode, please feel free to take a screenshot, share it, tag me. That really helps to spread the word. We love that here. Um, and if you ever want to be on the podcast, please feel free to slide into my DMS and we can find a time for you to come on and share your story. All right, everyone. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye.